Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Soper's Chat. This is Christy, your host. Now, not only am I host of Soper's Chat, I'm also a co-owner of Bubbles, Bobbles, and Beasts. Uh, the website is b3handcrafted.com. We make uh, handcrafted soaps, wax melts, candles, jewelry. And the reason I bring it up is because we're not currently supported by advertisers. We're not currently supported by receiving any um, any monies from uh, subscribers or patrons. So one way that you can help support the podcast is by making purchases through that page. Eventually, we'll get to a point where if you want to, you know, throw us a couple bucks, we'll have that option available in the future. Uh, but until until that time, if you would like to support us, that's one way that you can do so. Uh, now, the next thing I want to talk about is Fruit Loops Fragrance Oil. Now, I'd like to try, to try to touch base on different fragrance oils with each episode. And I'm going to start with Fruit Loops because Fruit Loops, the nice thing about it is it, it's pretty stable. And what I mean by stable is that it's not going to uh, accelerate in your uh, cold process or your hot, hot process soap. Um, it's not going to uh, rice. Uh, at least in my experience, I haven't seen it rise. Um, individual results may vary depending on who you purchase through. Um, but the one that I usually use is from Nature's Garden. Um, there's a couple of others. I'll touch base on a couple of them here. I still recommend very strongly that you do your own research with who you plan to purchase yours through. Now, um, I've used Nature's Garden. Um, I can't remember if I've purchased from Indigo Fragrance. I've bought some uh, fragrances from them before and had really good luck with them. Um, but things that I look for in a fragrance oil is I look for their usage rate and I look at their vanilla vanilla content. Um, so things to look at with the usage rate. Now, taking a step back, you're like, usage rate? What is usage rate? Well, it's IFRA. So it's International Fragrance Association. Basically, they're an association out there to kind of help keep us safe. And what you want to look for with soap is you want to look for category nine, uh, because that governs soap. 11 covers candles and wax melts. Um, I thought it was funny. Six covers mouthwash. I thought that was pretty interesting. So you want to look for nine in the usage rate. Some websites like Nurture Soap have a breakdown not only of the different categories, what the usage rate are for the different categories, but they also break down what the categories specifically are based on the IFRA. So that's really nice and I very much appreciate when, when companies do that. Um, now, with regards to some of the sites that I've been doing research on, you've got Flaming Candle, Crafter's Choice, Indigo Fragrance, Nature's Items. Those are around 17% for the usage rate. Don't go that high though, because you could end up with a situation where you have seepage on your soap, and that's not always fun. Um, now, as I mentioned before, you have a situation where with uh, Nature's Garden, 5%, usually, not always, usually is a pretty good uh, amount to use. You may have to adjust if you do like what I do because it's got a 1% vanilla content. Um, I know that it's going to discolor my soap. Specifically, it discolors 
white to like a light tan. So I actually will not fragrance anything that I use titanium dioxide or any other of the white micas in. I'll actually leave those unscented. And it's a strong enough scent that you can get away with doing that in most cases. Um, now, if you decide to have a large portion of your soap either with titanium dioxide or with a white mica, you may have to decrease the amount of fragrance oil that you use for the rest of the colors because 5% in like 30% of your soap is definitely going to cause seepage. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, now, one place I looked at, Bulk Apothecary, did not have their usage rate. And if you're going to go through Bulk Apothecary, you may want to check with them in advance before you purchase. They have a 7% vanilla content, so you're going to end up with a dark bar if you go that route. Uh, now, some that didn't have any vanilla listed, Flaming Candle, Indigo Fragrance, Bee Scented, Nature's Item, they all had zero fragrant, uh, vanilla content, but they have mentioned that they use a synthetic vanillin which um, means that there's a chance that it may still discolor. So keep that in mind um, if you're going to go the route of, of any of those companies. Um, now with um, Crafter's Choice, Nature's Garden, um, we have uh, Soap Making with Lisa. Uh, they're at 1%. Um, Crafter's Choice is at 2%. Um, so the nice thing is that the vanilla content of Fragrance Buddies at 3%. So it's going to be a light tan depending on how you fragrance like the any soap with titanium dioxide or, or the white mica in it. So just keep that in mind. Now what I'll usually do is when I don't color the soap that has the titanium dioxide or the white mica, um, of course I'll use like uh, neon colors because I know that they're going to start darkening but the colors will still be nice and crisp. So that's something that I tend to do with the Fruit Loops uh, or anything else that just happens to have vanilla in it. And the higher the vanilla content, the darker it's gonna, gonna get on you. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, now with Soap Making with Lisa, I wasn't able to get the usage rate at the time of this podcast. However, she is fantastic. It's a Facebook group. Um, if you check with her, She'll usually let you know right away what your usage rates are for any of the fragrance oils she sells. So she's fantastic. Like I said, I like to use her for essential oils. I don't know if I said that earlier, but I do like to get my essential oils through her. Um, so I do hope this helps. And if there's a fragrance oil that you would like to know more about with the different suppliers, please let me know because I want to try to make sure that... Um, Anybody who wants to make a soap and they're eyeballing a fragrance and they're just kind of on the fence about it, at least they can get a little bit of information about it. You know, there are YouTube pages that are great for identifying how um, a fragrance behaves. But of course, with so many fragrances out there, it's kind of hard to determine, okay, you know, there's this new fragrance out there that may be like Kentucky Girl or Gal fragrance oil. And that may not be on YouTube. So that's just an example. That's one that I just happened to get a sample of. And it's just kind of one that's kind of permeating there right now. So 
just keep that in mind and let me know if you have any questions about the Fruit Loops. Maybe I didn't touch base on something that you're interested in knowing more information about. Moving right along, I want to start talking about additives. On this week's episode, I want to touch base on titanium dioxide. Now, it's also identified as capital T-I, capital O-2. So you may see that on some websites. It's known as titanium dioxide or uh, titania. Um, Now, it's also mentioned that it's sourced from, and and I apologize right now for butchering any words, so... um, Please forgive me. So we've got uh, aluminite, rutilite, rutile, R-U-T-I-L-E, and anatase. It's also called brookite, which I can definitely pronounce. Um, Now, there are certain ones that a lot of people tend to gravitate towards. You have the water-soluble, you have the oil-soluble, and now there's some that are a little bit of both and that can be confusing it, there's no right one to use water ones tend to gravitate more towards mineral makeups uh, but a lot of people use them um, and there are different suppliers that uh, do sell it um, I've even seen where some people will use um, glycerin to mix their titanium dioxide so I uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, but it's not really talked about when you purchase the titanium dioxide if you should use the water soluble or the oil soluble when you're mixing the glycerin, mainly because with the when you mix glycerin, a lot of times you use that in the melt and pour soap. So yes, you can in some cases use the titanium dioxide in melt and pour soap. Um, but um, to keep in mind, it is a natural ingredient. It's a naturally occurring mil- mineral. Uh, you want to be careful, though, with it because it could hurt your lungs uh, because it can be considered harmful if you inhale it. So don't kind of fluff it in the air and then, <gasps> yeah, that's not good. Um, now, in some cases, you may even see um, the old uh, OEHH a Prop 65 California danger, danger, Will Robinson kind of thing going on. So that is something to keep in mind. There is some some um, unconclusive conversation or studies about the potential for cancer. So that is something that kind of has touched, been touched on. Uh, the nice thing about it is the Soap Queen has a, um, a blog about titanium dioxide so i'm going to include uh, links in the podcast uh, of my resources that i use to research these so it if you want to kind of deep dive into those you can so and of course i'm not going to be the accurate end all be all person to discuss this there you know it's it's something that's going to be ongoing probably until the end of time uh, now, kind of touching on oil or water, what makes one work better with the other? Uh, it actually has to do with salt. So if you have more salt in the titanium dioxide, it makes it more water-soluble. Less salt, oil-soluble. So I thought that was fascinating. So that can definitely impact it. Uh, one thing I was kind of concerned about, because um, I noticed with bathandbodysupply.com and TKB Trading, they both mentioned what 
the differences are between water soluble and oil soluble. So that was the great thing there. But sometimes you'll have a situation where your titanium dioxide won't say if it's either or. In that kind of situation, you can either A, reach out to the manufacturer or the, the place that sells it, um, or B, take a little bit and test a little bit with water, test a little bit with oil and see how it behaves. Um, so that will kind of give you an idea, oh, okay, this is water soluble, or oh, okay, this is oil soluble. And then maybe write it on however you're containing it, like on the bag or in a, if you have it in a, in a jar, just kind of write that down. That way you have that to go forward with. Now, sometimes you have a situation, and I've experienced this several times, where you end up with those little white spots on your soaps, and it just drives you insane. So there's ways that you can avoid that. Uh, looking for the right uh, supplier sometimes helps. Uh, how you mix it, if you mix it before. Like, for example, with the water-soluble, I've seen where... Uh, people have mentioned Crafter's Choice has a really good consistency. Some people actually grind it in their coffee grinders, which you have to kind of pay attention to the possibility of inhaling it, if that's the case, if you want to go that route. Um, I've tried grinding it with a mortar and pestle to try to alleviate that. Um, the, the glycerin, I've heard several people mention using it, using that, and uh, when I have an opportunity, I'm going to test it, and of course, on the Soapers Chat Facebook group, I will post my results. I usually try to do like a live video on there, just kind of, so you can see how I'm concocting my creations there. Um, so that's something to take into consideration as well. Um, I noticed with um, making cosmetics, they are so detailed in what is in their mix. Like the oil soluble, they have the titanium dioxide, uh, and then they had some other words that I can't pronounce. And then, and I'll of course provide the link so you can go read those big long technical scientific letters and terms so you can kind of decide on your own. The water soluble, we got water, titanium, di titanium dioxide, uh, alumini, uh, alumina, silica, and then some other big long words. And I noticed that one has glycerin, so that might be the one to kind of work with the glycerin. Uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna test. I think glycerin would probably be a good way to go. Now, the, I've seen folks use with the water soluble hot, hot, hot water. Um, I've tried that mm, kind of hit or miss and you still have to have like it, it will settle so you have to shake the bottle sometimes um, be scented sells uh, big 16 ounce bottles with the um, marbles the little little metal balls at the bottom um, one thing I've noticed though is after a while and I don't know if it's the the ingredients inside the titanium dioxide or the titanium dioxide itself um, sometimes, or even the water, um, it's stainless steel, but I've experienced rust, so I don't know if it's 100% the, the ones. I didn't get the ball bearings from her. That's the metal balls at the bottom. Uh, I got those from Amazon, so it could be my supplier, not her. Um, but that's one nice option that's available. Uh, so you've got some, some options to work with here. That's the great thing about it. Uh, one thing that you have to worry about, of course, with titanium dioxide is the dreaded glycerin rivers. 
those are so much fun. Yeah, right. Unless you're wanting glycerin rivers. If you're wanting glycerin rivers, the way to do that is kind of more water than you usually would use in your soap. And then pff, there you go. Usually it's in cold process because hot process, you kind of already finished with it and it's gone through its saponification. So you would tend to see it more in cold process. Now, way back when, a million years ago, well, a couple hundred years ago, actually, um, I know that I saw an article that in France, they were actually trying to find ways to add glycerin rivers to soap because it was considered sought after. So in some cases, the glycerin rivers can make it look beautiful. Um, you can even kind of make it look like a ghost soap, add more glycerin or add more uh, titanium dioxide to one part of your batch than another, and you can end up with the glycerin rivers to kind of make it look very beautiful. Um, it's not going to be a bad thing in your soap because glycerin is a byproduct of the soap making process. So glycerin in your soap, not a bad thing. That's the great thing. Um, ways that you can avoid the glycerin rivers, should you choose to try to avoid them, um, you can do a water discount. Uh, people tend to do, usually it's a 38% water discount. I'll talk about water discounts in a future episode because that's always something people are concerned about. Um, but uh, if, if you want to avoid the, the glycerin rivers, water discount, um, using uh, oil soluble, soluble titanium dioxide, mix your water, uh, mix the titanium dioxide in your water where you add your lye, that's one way of doing it because then you end up with like a matted base with your soap and then the colors can be a little bit more vibrant. Uh, they'll sometimes be a little bit lighter, but that's something that you can do. Um, don't let your soap get too hot. Sometimes you'll have a situation where it'll go through gel phase and then that'll generate glycerin rivers when it gets really hot. So, or pray, just pray that it doesn't happen. No, I'm kidding. There's ways that you can do that. Um, so, Again, I will provide links to the information, what, I, what I've obtained, so that you can kind of review yourself and kind of help make an educated decision on what you want to work with. All right, this last segment, I want to touch base on Facebook groups. Uh, one group in particular I'll focus on this week is a group called Soap Making with Lisa. It's a nice group where you can talk shop with other soapers as well as buy product from Lisa. Um, she sells a lot of different things, things like uh, menthol crystals, plum oil. Those are some of the ones that she has listed on there right now. Um, but it's really nice. I And I mentioned previously, I get my essential oils through her. Sometimes she'll have a, a group buy where she'll be able to get a, a good deal on um, a fragrance oil or an essential oil. And she'll announce to the group, hey, it's time for me to place my order for lavender essential oil. And she'll provide some information on kind of where it's from and the consistency like 4042, how much it costs, um, how many pounds she needs to order uh, in order to close the sale. So it's really nice that she provides those services and she's so friendly. So if you ask her a question, she usually gets right on the ball with answering those. Um, so if you have a chance to visit Soap Making with Lisa Facebook group, please do. It's, it's a really nice group to, to be a part of, especially to take advantage of when you want to get your uh, soap ingredient fix. 
Um, I'm going to try to focus on a different group every week. Um, so if there is a, a Facebook group that you want to know more about or you want to show some love, please message me. You can either message me through this podcast or you can send an email to soperschat at outlook.com and uh, we'll research, join the group if we're not already part of the group, and we'll show them some love. All right, last segment, we're going to do a little shout out to YouTube pages. Uh, One that I've been enjoying recently is Ophelia Sopery. Now, she doesn't talk on her videos. Uh, She mostly just shows her process of how she makes her soaps. And it's almost kind of like relaxing to watch. That's kind of what got me started on making soap is watching YouTube videos. Um, and the nice thing is she kind of shows her process. When, when I f- go back to her first videos, uh, you can see throughout the years her transition. I think she started a little over a year ago uh, with making soaps, soap videos. Um, so you can kind of see if you start from the beginning, uh, you can see her progression from uh, where she started originally. It was definitely over a year ago. On YouTube it shows for me about a year ago. Um, So you can see her progression on um, her different soaping techniques. One that I noticed she started doing recently is she'll hand mix the soap with a whisk to try to um, help with avoiding the soap setting up too quickly on her so it gives her more time to create and it looks like that has helped her with some beautiful creations like her blue agave soap is just beautiful another nice thing about it is her soap videos tend to stay about you know less than 15 minutes in some cases they're less than 10 so if you want something quick that you can watch, um, say for example, if you work from home and you kind of need your eyes to rest and and focus on something else for a minute and just kind of let your brain zone, it's really nice to do that because the music is so calming and the colors are just so vibrant. So if you want to give Ophelia Sopri some love, feel free to reach out. I'll post a a link to her YouTube channel in in the podcast comments. So that's all we have for this week. Um... If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, positive feedback, trolls are going to be, of course, sent under the bridge. Please let me know. Otherwise, tune in for next week's episode and we'll cover some more goodness. Have a wonderful week. Bye.